Episode 129 of The Game Changers. The three biggest secrets we have for you today. A preview of Jason's commencement speech to the final millennials and the first Gen Zers to graduate. You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. Jason, this is the podcast dedicated to helping, to leading highly principled people to their full potential. Great to see you again. Uh, Dale, it's uh, great to be back with you. Some, uh, I don't know if you've ever had something like this happen to you. Uh, it was hysterical. So the, one of the uh, the podcasts posted last week, and uh, somebody had shared it on Facebook. And uh, so it's on my stream. So I saw that they had shared it. And then they were getting a lot of comments uh, about the fact that they had really liked it. But one person had probably, when they, when they liked it, and they wrote a comment, they probably meant to private messenger it because they probably didn't think that I would see it. And it said, damn, he's as good as ever. Love the information. But he sure looks old. (laughs) And you got to remember, this is somebody I've not seen for 35 years. And so I I started thinking, we have a tendency to freeze people in time and expect someone we've not seen for 35 years to look exactly the same. So to that person, I would say, you know, I'm at my high school graduation weight. I'm in the gym six days a week, feeling pretty darn good. And uh, sorry, I don't look like I looked 35 years ago. But I kind of needed that this week. And the other thing I wanted to mention is... um, At the assistance of my publishers, there's now a Facebook authors page. What I've done in the past is I've kind of done my business on LinkedIn and my personal on Facebook, but then business started kind of seeping on to Facebook as well. And my publisher said, no, you need a dedicated Facebook site uh, as an author's page. So uh, if you'd go and like uh, my author's page, I would sure appreciate it and join me there. And then the other thing is this, uh, big admission on my part, Um, as hard as I work and as much as I've got going, I've never been a big tweeter. but we are upping the ante there, and so if you could join me there, I would like it too. And we've got a lot of tweets uh, going out basically every day, trying to say something profound and helpful. So anyway, I've got the commencement speech coming up. I know. I'm excited. So when this podcast posts... Yes. You will have given the commencement speech. When most people hear this podcast, you'll have given this commencement speech. So the day it, before. The right. day before. Your all, alma mater, you're going to have 1,200 students in attendance there. And, yeah, and, uh, and they say seven to 10,000 members of their family and friends. Absolutely. So we have we've talked a lot about the about how you prepare for a speech and what it looks like uh, when you go and you speak to a big corporation. Yes. You do a lot of interviews leading up to it. A lot. So I've got to ask, are you using the same model for a commencement speech that you are for all of your other speaking? Uh, thanks for asking that. And my, uh, my response is this. Many, many years ago, I um, watched a big name, highly successful business author, people would know his name, die in front of an audience. Die. People were texting, emailing. One guy was reading the newspaper. People were getting up to go and get cups of coffee. And I thought if that ever happened to me, I would die. Why has he lost this audience? And I said, so I started studying it. And I suddenly realized uh, he did not even know who he was talking to. 
It was just all about him, the exact same speech he'd done hundreds and hundreds of times. And that was a day, not figuratively, but literally, I raised my right hand and said, I will never approach a speech in my life without talking to the constituents. And so you're right. Um, uh, Over the past couple of weeks, I've had an opportunity to talk to many of the graduating seniors at Northern Michigan University of Marquette, Michigan. And uh, I want to, before I tell you about the speech or before you ask me about the commencement address, I want to share with you uh, some of the things the students, the graduating students told me. And I want to see if you can uh, pick up on a commonality among them. I remember talking to uh, Larry, uh, an Indian student, uh, not from India, but a Native American Indian student. And he said, you know what? He said, uh, when I graduate, he said, I, I know I want to stay in the area. I want to help others. Uh, others have helped me get here. I want to bring full lives to people. And I've decided I'm applying to dental school, even though I'm 31 years old, so I can serve my tribe because I am meant to serve people. And then I talked to Umer from Sri Lanka. And he said, look, let me explain something. He said, my whole life, my family has taken care of me. My teachers have taken care of me. My professors have taken care of me. And they have given to me. I've only taken up until now. What I want to do the rest of my life is helping others. Then I talked to an exciting guy, a football player for the Northern Michigan University Wildcats, Dante Holmes. Um, He said Northern took a chance on him as a football player, and he wants to play in either the NFL or the CFL. And what he wants to do is he wants to give back and inspire people. It'll be in the sports venue after hopefully a playing career, but he wants to help people and inspire people. Then I talked to Tony from China, who could hardly speak a word of English when he arrived on the campus at Northern Michigan University, and now he speaks like you and I. And he said, let me tell you something. All I want to do is I want to make a positive difference in the world, whether that's here in the U.S. or whether that's back in China. Uh, Tony told me, uh, or I'm sorry, Julia told me, I want to be a doc. And I said, why do you want to be a doc? She said, I started volunteering my freshman year in the ER, and I loved it. And I just want to help others in in any way that I can. And then I talked to Chelsea, uh, first person to go to college in her family, political science major, now in a master's program in journalism. She wants to get into politics because she wants to be the governor. And I said, why do you want to be a governor one day? She said, I want to help people. Have you picked up a thread, Dale? Yeah, you don't have to listen. (laughs) You don't have to be brilliant to pick up the thread that it's all other focused. Impressive. Uh, Impressive. Ah, to a person. This is what they talked about. So, but I got to stop and I got to ask. So, did you just get the cream of the crop? Are these the valedictorian? The salutatorian. No, 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 Dale. Uh, That's not who they sent me. I I, I think I got a really representative uh, cross-section of of the graduates. But let me tell you about something else, a conversation I had a couple of days ago. I was talking to a contemporary of mine. I think he's got a few years on me, his early 60s, I guess. And James said, uh, I was telling him everything I'd heard. And he said, well, I'll tell you what, when I was graduating, all I kept thinking about was getting out there, making money and making a killing. He said, times have certainly changed, haven't they? And uh, and I guess they have. So, would you like to know the first observation I'm going to make to them? I, absolutely. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to know because the, I don't know how many people you've asked. What do you remember of the commencement address from your college graduation? Well, I will tell you that I don't remember. Uh, all, all I know about any commencement address I've ever seen is they're long. 
much too long, and I don't remember one thing from any of them. And obviously, I want to kind of break the mold on that. So it's going to be a short uh, commencement address, uh, probably shorter than the podcast. And uh, I'm going to begin by making one observation, uh, which I think will make them a little bit quizzical, and then I'm going to reveal the three secrets. And so the observation I'm going to make is this. I'm going to look at them and say, just yesterday... I I was on campus here uh, in the university center, and uh, I walked into the cafeteria, and it was filled with hundreds of people, and the cigarette smoke and the pipe smoke was so thick you almost had to cut your way through, and I remember a great conversation I had with a professor, and then yesterday I was at the Forest Roberts Theater, and I was on stage uh, acting uh, in the ninth row Spetton Jail, and just yesterday I remember being in a speech class, and they're going to be looking at me a little strange, and I'm going to go, let me tell you what it is. Your lives up until now have all been about waiting, waiting to start kindergarten, waiting to start grade school, waiting to be an upperclassman and get to junior high, waiting to get to high school, waiting to get a driver's license, waiting to graduate from high school. As Dal told me, waiting to graduate from college. It's all been about waiting, and it's all been about slow. And what I'm going to tell them is fasten your seatbelts. Because it is going to move so fast that 20, 30, or 40 years from now, it's going to seem like it happened yesterday. Make memories. Make lots of good memories. Have a great time. It's going to go just that fast. So that's my observation. And then I'm going to get into the three secrets. Secret number one, I, I think, really goes along very well with everything I heard from these students. Uh, and you understand where these secrets came from. They're not from me. I've never had a muse on my shoulder, you know, singing these secrets to me. I mean, it's based on our study of more than 220,000 companies for books. I could have never figured these things out on my own. But the first thing is this. To have a wonderful life, discover what your purpose is. Have a purpose. Have a purpose built around doing something good. If you do, your vocation will become your vacation, and you will never work a day in your life. So, again, what is a purpose? We've talked about it before. It answers the why question. Why you do what you do. It's big, and it's bold. Purposes are never tiny and small. It's the non-financial reason for doing what you do. Generally, it fixes an injustice out there. And that's why I'm so excited about the Generation Zs who are going to make up 25% of the U.S. population and 2 billion people around the world. I believe they want to fix injustices in front of them. And the other thing that a purpose does is it gives meaning to people's lives. You know, on Maslow's hierarchy of needs, as soon as we've all taken care of food, clothing, and shelter, because we'll do anything for food, clothing, and shelter, then what we're looking for is we're looking to be loved, to love, and to belong to something bigger than us. And then the next thing we're trying to do is we're trying to achieve our full potential. Um, you can do that with a purpose. So secret number one I'm going to talk about is, uh, is a purpose. Secret number two is something I do in many speeches, and I don't think we've ever talked about this one, but very often, or maybe we did uh, 120 podcasts ago, but very often in the middle of a speech, I'll take a handheld microphone and I'll walk down to the audience and I'll start walking up to people and I'll say, um, let me ask you a question. 
Are you a reasonable person? Oh, and by the way, the Northern Michigan University placement office is going to hate me for this one. Because I, I look at people and say, are you a reasonable person? And people say, well, of course, I'm a reasonable man or I'm a reasonable woman. And so I go to a few more people in the audience and I ask them, are you a reasonable man or are you a reasonable woman? And, oh, yes, yes, I'm, I'm a reasonable person. I pride myself in being a reasonable person. So then I walk back up on stage, turn a look at them and say, I want to invoke the words of George Bernard Shaw, that famous British playwright Nobel Prize winner who said, for any change of any value, for anything big to happen, look to the unreasonable man or woman, because reasonable people will just go along with whatever there is. But unreasonable people will force the world to change, to come to their view of the world or what should be. And he continued, for any advancement in arts and sciences and medicine in anything, always look to the unreasonable man or the unreasonable woman. And so the second big secret I'm going to share with these graduates is, first of all, find and have your purpose built around doing good. Number two, be unreasonable. And I'm reminded of the young man who I found myself driving with in a car in Chicago from the uh, Waldorf Astoria Hotel. And uh, when he came to pick me up to bring me to another hotel for a speech, very handsome guy, white, shiny teeth, good-looking, firm grip. And I got in the back seat of the car, and uh, I was looking at him in the rearview mirror. And he said, I caught you looking at me, and I know what you're thinking. And I said, what am I thinking? He said, you're wondering what a good-looking, obviously smart guy like I am uh, is doing driving a car. And I said, well, that's surprising. That's exactly what I was thinking. I said, did you go to school? He said, yes. I said, where? Northwestern. I said, what did you study? He said, business. I said, were you, were you smart? He said, I finished third in my class. And I said, well, you know, if you've got a degree from Northwestern, third in your class studying business, you're handsome, good-looking, and smart, why are you driving a car for 10, 12 bucks an hour? I said, haven't you had any interviews? And he said, I've been interviewed 12 times. And I said, well, what happened? He said, well, I got 11 offers. I said, you got 11 offers? I said, I wouldn't have been able to turn down 11 offers. I, I'm from a time when I had to accept one. He said, not me. I said, why did you turn them down? He said, because none of them were doing anything important. None of them were doing anything to make the world better. And I also knew that it would take me years for anybody in the C-suite to even know my name. And so I'm urging this year's graduates to be unreasonable about your purpose. Force the world to conform to your view of the way things ought to be, as opposed to going along with some tired, outdated, old view of the world. And then, finally, number three, you and I have talked about this so many times, but it's the secret. And when you add it to having a purpose, when you add it to being unreasonable about your purpose, the third one is... In all my study of all the great leaders around the world for all my books, you know, they don't see themselves as leaders, at least not in the contemporary definition of the word leaders. First of all, they see themselves as being good stewards. And I'm going to urge the students to be good stewards and know as they go through life, they're going to have five constituencies. They're going to have the people that work with them or for them. They're going to have the customers. They're going to have the vendors and suppliers. They're going to have the owners or the shareholders. And they're going to have the planet Earth. And a steward's job is to make everything better for all five members of the constituencies. And so what does being a steward mean? It means sharing knowledge. It means being accessible to people. It means having a very strong moral compass. It means having a strong sense of urgency. It's about making everything better for everyone. And it's really about being called to serve. And that brings it full circle 
back to purpose. So the four things I'm going to tell them, Dale, it's, it's going to go awfully fast. Fasten your seatbelt. You're in for quite a ride. Number two, find and have a purpose. Number two, be unreasonable. Note I did not say be disagreeable. There's nothing worse than a disagreeable person. You could be very agreeable and friendly while you're being unreasonable about your purpose and then be a good steward. So I've never remembered anything I've heard in a commencement address. They've all droned on forever. Mercifully, I'm going to try to keep mine to about 15 minutes. I'm, I'm hoping 15, 16, or 17 minutes. And uh, I'm hopeful that I'm going to be able to present it in such a way that everybody will walk out of there remembering purpose, being unreasonable, and being challenged and called to be a good steward. And just in case they want to take notes because it's so worthy, they can go and listen to the podcast. Yes, they can. And thank you. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to mention that from the podium, but I think I'm probably going to. And by the way, the uh, uh, the commencement speech is being televised and it's being streamed and it's uh, going to be available for a long time. So uh, in the next episode, we'll we'll get the streaming information to everybody if they'd like it. Jason, we wish you all the best as you go on stage and deliver that. Have a great time with those students. They'll get a lot out of it. You know, Jason Jennings is the author who USA Today calls one of the three most in-demand business speakers in the world. Find out how you can arrange to have Jason keynote your next event or leadership conference. Learn about his fees and availability. Check out the website, jason-jennings.com, and click the contact button. Follow those instructions. We would love to hear from you. This is the Game Changers, the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. Find a purpose, be unreasonable, and be a good steward this week. You've been listening to The Game Changers, leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention with business thought leader, best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Jason Jennings. Read Jason's most recent New York Times bestseller, The Reinventors, and visit his website at jason-jennings.com.